Hi Keto Sisters, I'm Brenda and I'm Christina and we are the Keto Sisters and this is the Keto Sisters Podcast. So we're back this week uh, in the chair for another podcast. Not in the Um, same chair. No, not in the same chair. That would be really uncomfortable and really difficult Mm -hmm. (laughs) considering we're in two different countries. (laughs) Anyway, so we're back, not in the same chair, in our respective chairs um, to have a chat about something that um, one of our listeners asked if we could share our experiences and that was Rebecca on my Instagram feed um, and she's at Breck Keto um, and she asked us to talk about the emotional side of keto mm-hmm. and changes that we have gone um, through mentally. So I guess I'm going to let Christina start with this one because for her, I suppose her our journeys have been so different and we yeah. always talk about that mm-hmm. and how we came to keto has been so different. So if you want to kick off with your kind of journey so far and how things have changed for you yeah sure um just to warn you this podcast episode is probably going to be about 16 hours long because we could really just talk about every emotion this is true this is very true so let's try and condense it down to 15 hours (laughs) (laughs) for me it's um it's always um a yin and yang situation and it's like what I liken it to is magnets uh one positive one negative and they're always pulling against each other um you know when I started I was in in a really bad place I mean I think we we had met for dinner I think a month or two before I started keto and I was telling you and Tony that I was looking at bariatric surgery. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So I was like at rock bottom, totally at rock bottom. And I remember getting to the point where I had started keto. I I was, I think the first week I lost something like eight pounds or something ridiculous like that. So the complete elation when I saw that finally the scale was going down and it was, it was always, the scale was always going to dictate how I felt on a particular day because I had so much riding on it. Um, it was just a case of if the scale showed that I stayed the same or I gained a little bit, it was, it kind of put a bummer on the day. Um, and, and I suppose I had more good days at the start. I had more good days than than bad days because I just, just the sheer amount of weight I had to lose. I was losing consistently. But then once I had lost kind of 105 pounds and my body decided that 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 was going to be a good time to take a break and just kind of regroup a bit. I started to have weeks at a time where the scale wasn't moving at all and it was really frustrating I'm so frustrated and I think that at that point the 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 magnet flipped and I started to get really disheartened 
because I was still doing everything right. I was still doing the same thing, but I wasn't seeing any, anything move. And I've talked about this before. I talked about it on a YouTube video that I did a couple of weeks ago and on a blog post. I got kind of dietary fatigue where I had been on keto for so long and I had been really, really happy. I loved it. I still love it. Um, but because the scale wasn't moving and I still had so much weight to lose, I got really frustrated. But then I moved and this huge life changing thing happened and I comfort ate and keto wasn't pleasurable anymore. It didn't give me the happy feeling because I knew I was overeating and I knew I wasn't feeling good and the, the weight was starting to creep up. And then I started to have more and more days where I was off keto and I'd say, oh, I'll get back on and I'd be on for a week, two weeks, three weeks, and then something else would come along. And I, the more I did that, the easier it got to fall off. But it, I didn't feel good emotionally. I didn't feel good because I felt like I was, I suppose I was kidding myself in a way that I was still doing everything right. Um, but obviously I wasn't. So it was still huge amount of frustration. But after figuring out exactly what happened, uh, I, I was able to get back on the right keto track and I'm back to being really, really happy with it. Um, but I still have those days where those magnets flip and I feel, I always call it the carb toddler. It's like, don't tell me I can't have that. I'll have a donut if I want to have it. And I don't even like donuts. Like, I don't yeah. know why I use that as an example. <laughs> oh my God, shocker. Yes. I love donuts. So, I mean, for me, food is emotions and emotions are food and they're intrinsically linked. And I have to work really hard every day to make sure that I'm not eating my emotions and my emotions are not making me eat. Yeah. I think for me, because I didn't come to keto to lose weight, that was just mm -hmm. like a happy byproduct. Um, that I have been discovering a lot about myself um, on the keto journey. And I initially came to keto because of the cancer and because of trying to, you know, mm -hmm. keep it at bay. Um so what I've discovered along the way is that, yes, that I do comfort eat. Um, I do mm -hmm. have that carb toddler as well that I'm like, no, well, I want that carb and I'm going to eat it. But I've also noticed yeah. how my moods change, um, how I think about a lot of things and um, how my ups and downs. And if if I crash out at a weekend, um, on a Saturday or a Friday or something, I notice still by Tuesday, yeah. my mood is very low. But by Thursday then, when everything is kind of kicking back in, and because I think, because I've been fat adapted, that my body just kicks in mm -hmm, mm -hmm. pretty quickly back yeah. to where it should be, that I find my moods by Thursday are just like, I'm like, okay, let's do everything. Let's get up and do everything. Like Whereas Monday yeah. and Tuesday are like, I just want to go home to bed. If I just go home to bed, everything will be okay. And these are things that I've learned about myself along this journey that I never, I didn't really come to it for weight loss. I did lose weight, which is mm -hmm. great. And, you know, I'm still doing it now um, to lose a few more pounds. But I'm also sticking to it because I have realized that mentally yeah. I do feel a lot better. 
I do like there's there's no doubt about it that you you do mentally feel better and clearer stable and better moods and kind of more energy to do things yeah yeah and it's more stable you don't feel like a lunatic you know those weeks where you feel like a lunatic yeah. you, you actually sometimes feel a bit bipolar you know when you when you crash back yeah. onto carbs and you're like what is wrong with me like and then you realize it's the shitty yeah. food I'm eating that's what's wrong with me you know so that's that's kind of one of the discoveries I've made anyway along my journey um but I suppose going back to what you started off with talking about as well um yeah. that relationship you have with your weighing scales like it it does take a lot along the keto journey to come to the realization that your weighing scales mm-hmm. is going to be lying to you some days and you really need to yeah. make it the least important thing because we've had such a bad relationship with the weighing scales and you know particularly through our journey in slimming clubs where you're standing on the weighing scales in front of a whole room of people and then you're kind of mm-hmm. oh, what happened to you this week you know <laughs> yeah. well maybe it's your diet you know so uh <laughs> sorry that wasn't just me being sarcastic i'd actually love to go to a club now <laughs> and just go well i think it might be your diet and nothing to do with me like you know but anyway um it is it's that bad relationship yeah. with the weighing scales that you also need to conquer and something I have to conquer still because I'm still like it still tips you when mm-hmm. you go into the bathroom going go on stand on me stand on me but you know yeah. it's not a true reflection of how you're actually doing I know that I I'm a daily wearer I always have been until I reached a plateau and I decided that I was going to take a break from weighing every day but what that meant for me was that I gained a serious amount of weight before I realized it um, and I've gone back to weighing oh, every day, but there's a difference. I use it as a measure of how well I'm doing in terms of what I'm eating, right? So I, I don't get that emotional reaction to the scale anymore. When I step on the scale and it's up, I am looking for, um, I suppose, a correlation to whatever I ate the day before. So I'm playing around at the moment. I'm playing around with the time of day that I'm eating. So I'm really trying to restrict my eating window. So I'm I kind of starting to eat around 11, 30, 12 and stop at around five. So I'm eating during those hours. And one of the things that the Wayne Scouts was able to tell me is that if I eat after 7 p.m., I'm going to gain weight the next day. Now, I know it's not fat. I know I'm not, you know, I know yeah. it's it's not so by doing this kind of experimentation, I've been able to unhook that emotional attachment and that emotional reaction to the scale because I know it's not a, a reflection of me as a person. It's simply my body composition. It's the weight of my fat, my organs, my bones, you know, the, the water I'm carrying. Yeah. And that's it. And do you, I was just going to say, it's, it's the water weight that goes up and down, you know, it, it's and and that's that's the frustrating part like you know i think that you do you do have to do a lot of work on yourself mentally when you come to keto um most people yeah most people come to keto because they've had some medical thing or you know they they think that this is the one that's going to do it for them because nothing else is and in fairness like you know it it's like we always say it doesn't Mm -hmm. work for everybody but when it does work you know there's a lot of things that you have to to kind of work through yourself 
not only your weight and what you're eating, but your attitude yeah. towards it. And then breaking the bad habits that you've learned over the years from doing yeah. crap diets, you know, from from doing, you know, starvation and, um, you know, kind of doing low fat diets and, you know, that weighing in every week. And it, it's just like it's soul destroying like it really is. And it's I think to watch your body um, react the way it does and then try to deal with that mentally. Uh, it, it is. It's a long journey. And it's like you I think you put a uh sorry a post on instagram there today to say that you know it took mm-hmm. a long time to put the weight on so relax you know it's going to take a while to get it off but but you're also dealing with all the yeah. mental issues that went with putting all that exactly. weight on in the first place you know so these are things yeah the realization that you do comfort you know to, to take that time the, the realization that you are obsessed with your weighing scales um and that you allow these things yeah. to control your emotions and then your emotions control how you eat. So vicious, you can get stuck yeah. in that really vicious cycle of standing on the scales, you're up a pound. You know, it may be mm-hmm, only more weight, but mm-hmm. you see it as fat. And then you go... Oh. And you see it as a failure. Yeah, you do see it as a failure. So what do you turn to? You turn to food and you're like, well, this isn't working for me, so I'm just going to shove all this garbage into my face. Like, But it's just... it's it's It is yeah. a journey. It's a journey in every way you know and it's different for everybody but it's kind of nice for us to be able to come on mm-hmm. and say what we've been through um so if yeah. there's anything that anybody can recognize absolutely you know i think that, that helps them you are practically guaranteed to regain weight if you don't tackle your emotional eating if you are an emotional eater and you know we know absolutely. people who have never had an emotional issue with food never comforted but they've still found themselves withdrawing and craving carbs and then having carbs and feeling really crap and then having to come back off it again so all of us are affected by this crappy diet we've been eating for the last 40 50 years every single one of us and i've seen a lot obviously within the keto community practically all of the successful cookbook writers and recipe makers are making keto replacement garbage food and i see a couple of them actually in particular i'm not going to name any names but if you know them you'll know what i'm talking about that are creating keto replacements and these people shouldn't be eating them because they're battling either eating disorders or they still have weight to lose and they're they're eating like half a cheesecake a day but it's okay because it's it's a fat bomb it's keto and, I, and for yeah. me, that rings so many alarm bells and sets off so yeah. many red flags. And I, when I coach people one-to-one, I always tell them to avoid sweet food if at all possible because we are so reliant on it from an emotional point of view that we need to get rid of that emotional crutch and face the emotions that are coming up, face the, the fear or the anxiety or whatever it is. And I don't feel like um, a hypocrite saying that because I've done it myself. I I have literally walked that journey. I uh, was on anxiety medication for a very, very long time. And once I was on keto long enough that my, um, my body was able to handle me coming off it, 
I did, but I still had all of the anxiety there and I had to get to the root of that myself. Why I suffered for since probably I think I remember having my first panic attack probably when I was about nine or ten years old like so my anxiety goes back a long long way and working through that and realizing what triggered that and why I felt like that meant that I was able to deal with the emotional and not eat it because I had been eating it you know that 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 feeling you get when you eat carbs that like oh you know the homer with the tongue hanging out in the truth yeah yeah yeah. that dopamine hit And you still get that when you eat keto sweets. We still get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you're you you're because you're not you may be substituting the sweetener, you, the sugar in the food, but you're substituting it still with like yeah an artificial sweetener. So you're still going to be, you know, given that that yeah. giving your brain that same kick exactly. You know that's gonna make you want more. So you're right. Yeah, when you start out, you really need to just cut out all that and just go whole foods. And I'm I'm going to say it. I think people should avoid it completely. Right? I, the only sweet food I eat is 90% dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. And once in a while, I'll have berries and fresh cream. Yeah. And well, that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much the same. That's all I have. And, you know, mm. for me, it'd be like... The dark chocolate. Now, you know, I only go 85%. 90% is a step too far for me. (laughs) 85%. I'll get get you there one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you have to tie me down and (laughs) shove it in my (laughs) throat. (laughs) But um, me, I love my tea. Cup of tea. Either like straightforward breakfast tea or peppermint tea. um, And square of chocolate. And maybe one or two strawberries. Every Mm. now and again, we'll get some cream. But like for me, that's that that's sufficient that that does it for me because I I know in my heart and it was like um our other sister Andrea she Mm -hmm. made keto cookies yeah and went down the slippery slope of I'll have a cookie yeah they're nice I'll have another cookie oh it's keto I'll be okay I'll have another and really after the realization that she's eating six in one sitting and then Mm -hmm. checking you know when she finally when listened to you and you said no you're gonna have to go back tracking you know yeah. you're going wrong somewhere and realizing that she was eating like way over her, <laughs> her um carb intake for the yeah. day Plus with the just fat. these cookies alone like you know yeah. so yeah um so it is it, it, it's slippery slope and, and that's the big fraud i think about all these keto replacement foods i've seen keto ice cream keto cheesecakes keto cookies yeah. keto donuts i'm gonna yeah. eat those and i'm gonna overeat those and even though they're keto absolutely okay they might have lower carbs than the the full sugar alternative but you're getting a whack of fat you're getting a whack of calories and you're getting that dopamine hit which is going to keep you addicted exactly yeah exactly you're going to get that you're going to get that hit to Mm -hmm. your brain that's telling you you want more you need this this is making you feel really good so by eating all these sweet things you're not going to deal with no. the emotional issues that you have with food. You're just replacing yeah. it with keto food. Like, you know, you're, you're taking your um, emotional issues from one diet and putting it into yeah. another. So, you know, you're, you're never going to deal with that. And you're you're not going to deal with your food issues either if you don't deal with your Absolutely. emotional relationship. Absolutely. And I, I literally have, have done this work in the last few months myself 
I was blaming my thyroid. It, yes, it did have some effect on it. And of course, the the high carb, low fat that I had to eat when I had my gallbladder surgery contributed for sure. But the number one cause of my weight regain was not tackling the emotional attachment I had to food. When I was strict keto, I was strict for a year and a half, not a, only 90% chocolate past minute. I didn't even have berries. For a year and a half, I had nothing. Yeah. And then once I started to allow stuff back in, it snowballed out of control really quickly. So now I've gotten to the point where I know I need to be back on 100% and 90% dark chocolate is all I should have. Like this last week we were on holidays, we went to Italy and it's melon season. And I think I sent you a WhatsApp from the supermarket oh, to say, that's you not did, And I love those orange melons from Italy are the tastiest, the, the most delicious melons. And they do a dish called prosciutto melone, which is melons with parma ham. And that's sweet and salty. Yeah. Oh, it's divine. Oh, but yeah. I didn't have it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't yeah. have it. And I, I had worked hard, you know, we've just finished Plateau Blisters boot camp. We finished last week and we had like 50 pound weight loss from everybody. Wow, um, and we averaged at around seven pounds per person. Okay. And including me, I that's lost seven pounds. Yeah. But last week, having a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit of this and a little bit of that, I put six pounds back on in a week. In a week. Yeah. What? So I know. So I, I woke up today is our first day back from holidays. We're back from work. And I woke up this morning and I said, that's it. I am 100% now and I cannot afford to have a little bit of this here and a little bit of that there. I, I can't. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. I have to be 100%. Yeah. I tried 100% and it was really good. I felt good. I didn't have any emotional eating issues. Yeah. I tried 99% and it no, it just doesn't work for me. I have to be 100%. Yeah. Well, you see, I'd be kind of, I'd be similar. Well, I can switch it. I could kind of switch in and out because I suppose um, I never really saw myself as having a no, lot no. of emotional attachment to food. Um, now, I do like my, oh, that would make me feel better or mm -hmm. I'd love this or I'd love that. And I think that's just more craving than anything else. Now, what I have noticed, my biggest thing when it comes to food is uh, boredom. Oh, yeah, yeah. I find... When I get bored, I'm yeah. like, ooh, I could eat something. That would fill the gap. Like, you know, even when I'm in mm -hmm. work and it might be a slow time yeah. or a slow hour or something, I'm like, what could I eat? Yeah. Well, I make tea. What could I have with tea? You know, so I found that, you know, I, I probably used to bridge those gaps mm -hmm. with, you know, I'll go and make a cup of tea and have a few biscuits. Yeah. You know, that's probably what I used to do. Not knowing, not realizing. So now I'm starting to notice that, yes, my head automatically turns to food when I have like, you know, a little bit of brain downtime or a bit of boredom or mm -hmm. I'm looking for a distraction or something. So I really need to rein that in. And yeah, yeah, I really need to focus on that and kind of figure out why that is. But um, yeah, that's something new I kind of realized, I suppose, mm -hmm. because it's mm -hmm. kind of seasonably low, kind of quiet in work. Um, that I'm kind of sitting there. Going, you have more time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have more time, so it's kind of like, what could I eat? Yeah, that's really what could interesting. I have with a cup of tea, like yeah. So that's back to snacking. Like, yeah, snacking's never good, you know. Yeah. So um, 
yeah that's something i have to work yeah that makes me laugh when you see when you see that the list of keto snacks it's like yeah okay yeah those two words don't belong together in the same sentence no you should not be snacking no if you are snacking between your meals you're eating emotionally you're eating mentally or you're not eating enough at at, At your your meals meals. you shouldn't feel hungry yeah that's it well i find that like the snacking thing is not hunger it's most definitely for a distraction or for boredom. Yeah. Definitely. And that's something I need to focus on. Um, because that's something that could, you know, spiral really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but identifying that emotion is the really important part of it because, you know, as you said, you used to do it on autopilot. And yeah. I I can't even imagine what I used to eat on autopilot and what I used to eat when I was happy, when I was sad, when I was stressed. And like that when I was bored because there was no restriction you know when, when I was a carb eater I didn't eat a huge amount like I didn't eat a huge volume but I certainly ate high carb food but it would have been like you saying you know it's 11 o'clock so you go get a cup of tea and some biscuits yeah how many biscuits did I eat I have no clue yeah. because there was never any kind of bridge there to to stop me there was there was never any gatekeeper to say well, you've had 200 grams of carbs yeah. so far today and it's only 11 a.m. Yeah, or you went for, your, or you went for your 11 eleven o'clock cup of tea and eat your lunch. So, yeah, I never <laughs> sure did that. Not, I never. There are many people out there who are going to recognize with that. You go for your 11 o'clock cup of tea and you eat your lunch and then you're like, now what do I do? Now I have to go out and buy a lunch. So you're going to go out and you're going to buy all the crap you can see. Like, so now you've had two... Uh, Two, you've had you probably had a breakfast now you've had two lunches and then you probably go home and have a dinner like you know and you're like oh you know I was hungry you know <laughs> like yeah, I'm sure yeah, we've yeah. all done it I know I've done it like you know but it's one of those things like you were saying where you just really need to when you feel like you need to eat focus and think am I hungry or am I bored um yeah. is there something that happened that I need feel the need to eat so it's kind of actually mm-hmm. focusing on the emotion at the time yeah. because you know in your heart you're not hungry, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, if you've been fasting, eat if you're hungry, but otherwise take a step back and, you know, take a little bit of time, take a few minutes and go, why do I want to eat? And see what's going on within that time, you know, in that particular time. Mm-hmm. See what's mm-hmm. going on around you, see what's going on in your head, see what's going on in your life and think, right, I'm going to eat now because I want to push some other emotion away. And that that's exactly where food is for most people. So this is exactly the work that I've been doing for myself over the last few months. And I spent so much time researching, looking for information on how to understand why I'm hungry. Because, you know, it, two hours after eating a big keto meal, I shouldn't have been hungry, but I was feeling hungry. So I literally had to go and create a course for myself that I, I wrote for myself and, and I did the exercises myself and I, it's available on my website it's called mindful hunger and it's a five module course that takes you through all about why you eat because why I eat was just the biggest catalyst to be able to get back on to weight loss again and I identified nine different types of hunger that had nothing to do with food and needing calories and you know for me that was huge because there was so much information out there about mindful hunger or sorry mindful eating and how to eat mindfully 
But my problem was that I wasn't really hungry. So there's no point in me doing mindful eating if I'm still going to eat anyway when I'm not hungry. So going back and, and researching and trying to understand why I'm hungry in the first place allowed me to face those emotions. And like that, I'm bored. Why do I want to eat when I'm bored? Well, because you're bored, you want to do something. And eating is is pleasurable and it takes time, so. Yeah, and it distracts you from, you know, anything that you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in finding out more about mindful hunger, if if it's something that resonates with you, if you want to get to the bottom of that emotional eating, you can find the details on my website, ketochristina.com. We'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah, so absolutely check that out. We'll put the link on the bottom um, of the show notes. And uh, if you want to find out more, I suppose there's loads of people uh, that YouTube was your go to for that, was it? For the mindfulness. From, for Yeah, for learning mindful eating, YouTube and yeah. there's great mind, mindful blogs out there. Uh, for learning mindfulness itself, I used, um, there, there's actually a few resources. But if you just Google mindful eating, you'll find loads of information. Yeah, no, that's perfect. So we'll, we're all going off to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you see, we could sit here and talk about this for 15 hours. We could. Um, because it's something that it, it is, it's, it's, a, it's a mind field, <laughs> dare I say. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll all just ignore that and we'll move on. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it is, it's, it's. It, it's one of those subjects that we could, we probably will come back to it again and again because there is a big link between how you feel and your actions towards food yeah. and how you behave around food and things like that. So we definitely will come back to it. Um, and also, if there's anything else you want us to talk about, mm-hmm. um, just like I say, drop us a note either on Instagram or slide into our DMs, as they like to say nowadays, the young folks. <laughs> so, You're down um, with the kids. <laughs> Yeah, we're down with that. <laughs> and on, on uh, that so note, before we come really, and on that yeah, note, <laughs> before we get really cheesy, yeah, on that note, um, uh, we will sign off mm-hmm. and go make tea and naughty, naughty, yeah, <laughs> all the keto, all the all the keto replacement foods. And so, until next week, bye. bye. If you liked this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and don't forget to subscribe. If you'd like to support us, you can head on over to Patreon or alternatively, you can buy us a cup of tea by using the link in the show notes. Also, don't forget to check our blog for regular updates. So until next time, keto on, keto sisters. Keto on, keto sisters.